You want to go ahead and talk? <laughs> Say, you're listening to the Word Bros Podcast. No. Do it. No. Do it. <laughs> Say, you're listening to the Word Bros Podcast. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to the Word Bros Podcast. The WordBros.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to a brand new edition of Word Bros. My name is Bob. Hello and welcome. You didn't say your name right. See, that that is that is handsome Bobby France. No, no, just luscious, regular Bob is fine. No, no, no. 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 no it's got to be handsome Bobby France. No, it's Bob Fawn. Bob is fine. I'm Bob. No, I, I wanted to do like the Midnight Express intro. Oh, man. yeah. I See, again, I'm more of a Rock and Roll Express kind of guy. Man, why are you killing my dreams, son? I'm just telling you, I would be more <laughs> I would be more into being the Rock and Roll Express. When I was a kid, I had the poster on my wall. Uh, I used to see him all the time. It's the just because because he had a Morton, a Morton had a mullet. That's why. Wow, he had he had the mullet. Like he was. It was like the Alabama waterfall. Yes. That that's what that is like. Ricky the, Morton like, and Robert Gibson, the Rock and Roll Express. The double drop kick was the coolest move. But do you realize how easy that is to do? <laughs> it's not like the Tower of Doom or. That's or like, why it was know. cool because you could double drop kick your friends. <laughs> <laughs> All you needed was another friend and well, some. Well, the Midnight really Express had, they didn't have a finishing move. Yeah, they did. Um, didn't they do like a guillot, like like uh, sweet stand would kind of hold them in a backbreaker, and beautiful Bobby would do the elbow off the top rope, or would Bobby? Oh, he, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and then that's I, right. I, you're right. No, you're right. Because yeah. it just took Bobby eating like. 20 minutes to climb the top rope so but he was a pretty good high flyer though like he could go pretty far with that elbow i remember he used to kill people with that thing but i guess their finisher well, was he, just getting hit in the head with a tennis racket yeah because most of the time they would be losing and then Cornette would like slide the racket in or hit somebody with the racket like they would go up against the road warriors and i'm like oh the road warriors are gonna crush these guys and they would for like 10 15 minutes of the match the road warriors would just be dominating these two dudes and then Cornette would come behind and mistakenly hit one of the road warriors with a tennis racket whoever was tagged in at the time and then or whoever wasn't tagged in at the time he would hit with the racket so the other guy couldn't tag Mm -hmm. and then the other guy would get double teamed and beat by the midnight express so they could hold on to the belt so yeah and if you don't know what we're talking about we're talking about early to mid 80s wrestling in the uh nwa which would be the WCW, which got bought out by WWE. Um, so, yeah, so we're talking about NWA wrestling. It was on every Saturday <laughs> night at 6.05, uh, ran for two hours. 6.05. Except during baseball season. On the Superstation. On the Superstation TBS, yes. That's what we're talking about, for those of you that don't know. We may have lost some people there, but whatever. Hey, today we're talking to Brian Level. You know Brian's work. Um, he's done some stuff for Marvel. He's done some stuff for DC. Uh, he's done some stuff for Image. Brian's kind of all over the place, man. And he's a, he's a good dude. He's a good guy. He's got a lot of strong opinions about comics. So we're excited to have him on. And I guess here's Brian Level. Uh, you guess. I, I mean, I guess. He's here after the, oh. Tribe Called, after the Tribe Called Quest beat. Oh, there's a Tribe Called Quest beat? You don't even listen to your own podcast, you fucking dummy. First, the first thing I want to do, Brian, is I want to apologize for taking so long to get you on the podcast. We've been doing this podcast for a while. This is our 39th episode, and we haven't had you on yet, but I just, I know you're so Is it that many? Yeah, I think this is our 39th episode with Brian Level. I know you're so busy with all of your projects and stuff. I didn't want to burden you with the, uh, the, the friendship and the forced come on my podcast thing. So I'm glad you're here. This is unforgivable. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm glad to I'm glad to be on too. Well, 39 episodes later, we're glad to. <laughs> well, right, well, at least know, I wasn't the poor the, the poor sucker that was 40. 
Yeah, well, no, 40 would be like a monumental episode. Like, that would be the one to be on because then you're 40. It's, that's a big number. 39 is just cool. a... Thanks for putting me at 39. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Brian, it's great to talk to you. You too. I miss you, Bob. I miss, I miss you, you too, Kevin. man. I miss you too, Brian. It's funny because Brian and I live in the same town. Like, I live in Cincinnati. He lives right across the water in, uh, in Kentucky. And we see each other maybe three times a year. Yeah. Usually Friendsgiving and then a con or two. Yeah, it's so weird because, like, I could be in your house in 15 minutes. But, like, it just doesn't happen that way because we're adults with kids and wives and jobs and Mm -hmm. responsibilities and stuff. But the cool part about you, Brian, is you get it. Like, you understand. You know what I mean? Like, you know the life. Yeah, well, I would rather see my kids than you. So there's that element <laughs> I, shouldn't have, I shouldn't have pulled that one while you were pulling a drink because then it was just dead air which was actually maybe like a real prick uh, no, oh would... yeah i what the, the language factor i tend to swear to a really you're fine that. don't worry about it okay yeah, no, yeah so you'll you'll be fine brian please don't worry about it but you yeah can, you can say fuck as many times as you want to as long as your kids aren't around Whoa. yes they're soon Okay, good. Uh, Yeah, like, I think that's kind of the whole thing with being, like, I think our kids are real similar in age to, you know, like, maybe by a year or two, right? Yeah. Um, So it's kind of, they're kind of at an age where it's really difficult to kind of do anything but them when you have a minute to not work, you know? Yeah. So, you know, I I appreciate friendships that kind of get that, too. So it's uh, totally reciprocal. Bob. Thanks, Brian. I Thanks. love you. I, I love you I love too. You. I love you too, Kevin. But uh, you know, I, love, I, I mean, Bob you love Bob more. I understand. Everybody does. Well, we <laughs> all have a, we all have a mutual friend because I met Brian through Sheila, um, who we've had mm-hmm. on the podcast too. So I mean, like, we all have a common friend. We all know. We all kind of know each other. We're all brothers here, man. It's all we're all we're, we're all good. It's all love. It's like all thirty-seven love. episodes ago. The Sheila, yeah. 37. The big family and Sheila's our mom. Yeah, Sheila's the best. Oh, She's yeah, good people. But enough about Sheila. Enough about all this other bullshit. Let's talk about you because you are a rising superstar in the comic book industry, Brian Level. You are the, the comet that's jetting <laughs> through the fucking cosmos to superstardom, bro. Like, it's fairly impressive because every time I read a news story on Twitter or any kind of comic news, I see your name. Brian, congratulations. I feel like you're only reading the... I feel like you have a Google alert set up and that's the only news you read. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly it's what that, he's doing. It's not that good, but... <laughs> Congratulations are in order, though. Man. It sounded like he was. Oh, I love, I love the lag and how I ruin it. That's uh, all right, man. You're fine. <laughs> no, I appreciate you saying all that nice stuff. Um, I, you know, I've been working hard uh, at comics for several, several of the better part of a decade at this point. Um, and I guess the. I don't know. Like the, I've I've been really, 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 really super lucky, uh, and given a lot of shots from some really generous people. So the only thing I've really done is work my butt off, and that's like that's it. You know, everything else has been kindness and generosity and good fortune. So um, well, it also helps that you're super talented. I mean, that's from the and super friendly of- and super friendly, but super talented and super yeah. friendly. I've never met well, anyone. Every time I go ahead, go ahead, Kevin. Every time I see Brian at a con, there's like 30 dudes and Brian's like in the middle with a drink, like laughing heartily. And I'm like, why, why is Level always having so much fun at the cons? And I'm like over here in the corner or lonely with my beer. And there's Level in the middle of 30 people laughing. And I can name half of those comics people. I don't know the other half. So those must be the indie guys he's working with. And the other half are like the big time dudes he's working with. And he, he's in the middle laughing. And I was like, hmm. I need to learn well, something from Brian. <laughs> well, I like that. I, if that's where I seem to stand is somewhere between the indies and the sort of, the, it like that's where I like, that's where I'd like to be forever. You know, like I, I tend to like, I'm it, whatever. I, I think honestly, the reason that even the friendliness comes so naturally is from such a long stint 
and continuing career in tattooing, you know, I meet a lot of strangers and I have to be with them for hours at a time. So you just kind of learn to love people, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And kind of like just learn to care about what they're caring about. And I think that's where a lot of that stems from is just kind of learning how to, how to take people how they are and not really expect certain stuff uh, and just let them be, you know, and it's, I don't, you know, I think that's what, where a lot of that sort of friendliness maybe, or, or perceived friendliness, you know, sometimes I no feel way. like I'm a little sick. I've never heard anybody say a bad thing about you. Everyone likes you. It's like you've managed to pull off this, this miraculous feat because if you, if you get to a place in the business where you are, I mean, you're working for the big two, you've got, you've had image books. I mean, you've been all over the place. Somebody somewhere is going to go, you know what? That Brian level guy, he's a real motherfucker. I've never heard anybody say anything bad about you. I'm sure somebody thinks I'm a real motherfucker. Let's find him and kick the shit out of him. <laughs> now, I can get on board with that, but I don't think that that's going to serve me very well in the long run. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, I don't really like making enemies. You know, I like people too well, and um, I try to give people. Well, so like, I'm totally an oversharer. So like, that's I think part of it too is that people kind of, I'll just overshare, be super like, I don't know. I, I think I think people respond to that maybe a little bit, uh-huh. um, but. I, I don't know. I, I appreciate you saying all that nice stuff. I'm sitting here trying to like explain it or maybe disprove it or whatever, but no, thank you. It's nice, it's nice to hear. Well, you're a good dude, man. I've always thought so ever since we met, which was what many, many moons ago at like the Florence mall in Kentucky, I think was one of the first times. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and like, you just came across as like a nice and genuine cat. So that's, and I think people just kind of gravitate and it doesn't hurt that your work is fucking amazing. And it okay. seems like every time I see something that you do, you get better. Like, how yeah, do you, how say, do you he, manage <laughs> she, was sporting, she was sporting a robe, too, which I is saw great. That. Well, it's for Brian. <laughs> she's making me shocked. Oh, so. that's very lovely. Aww. Yeah. And now, now he's the nicest one. I like how she's like, you're saying a lot of nice stuff about Brian. I'm going to come in here and show how nice I am. Yeah, I'm making him socks. You know, and here I am, here I am buying my socks from the store like a sucker. <laughs> this is, this no, is, I like to play more generous than I am. So I, I think, uh, and you guys should follow her on Instagram at uh, E-R-N-F-K, uh, making uh, killer knit stuff. I dig it. Am I allowed to do that? Am I allowed to pump my, yeah, pump my wife? That's what you're, that's yeah, that's what you're here for. Yeah. You can plug you your wife's. Knit- Instagram. Now are you going to start a new thing? Yeah. Instagram? Okay. Yeah. You can do that. So, yeah, man. So, what are you working on currently, like right now at this moment? uh, Well, I I just finished penciling uh, a couple hours ago before dinner. I just finished penciling a one page story for uh, those of you that are familiar with John Leese and. Alex McCormick's book Sink, which is like a Glasgow like horror crime thing that's real great. Um, I contributed a one-page short that John wrote that's awesome. back of it, um, which was God love John. I committed to it a long time ago and just had been so swamped. Excuse me. Uh, I had carnitas for dinner, so I just fired one out there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, I just I just finished pencils on that, so I'm going to be inking that. Um, and tonight, I think we're going to probably watch TV or a movie or something like that while I work on uh, two commissions that I didn't get finished at C2E2, like a real slug. Um, See, you're too hard but, on yourself, man. Too hard on yourself. Well, I was, you know, it's, I was going too slow, but that's fine. Um, but then my next project, uh, I just wrapped up Avengers uh, Back to Basics that Peter David wrote there at Marvel. Fucking um, Peter that, David. Oh, my gosh. That's, that's yeah, awesome. That was pretty wild. Yeah, it was pretty wild to, like, see his scripts, and, like, we, we had a phone interview at one point. It was kind of, you know, it was kind of wild because, you know, I'm a Hulk fan, and I like X-Factor a lot. Um, so, it was, it, you know, it was really neat to, to get to meet Peter in that regard. We never met face-to-face or anything like that. Uh, and, yeah, that was cool. Uh, but that just wrapped up. I wrapped that up uh, literally the day that I left for c 2 2 I uploaded the files to Marvel. So it was like that. And that's that a... Time. That's a Marvel Unlimited thing, right? Like, that's, is that the only place you can pick that up? Is on the Unlimited uh, app? Yes, but they literally just yesterday solicited, the, uh, the July solicits has the trade paperback collecting. Oh, cool. Oh, nice. Congratulations. Thank you, yeah. So it will be in your LCS 
uh, in July. So pre-order it if you want to. Uh, or no, no, but not if you don't want. No, you you must pre-order it. That's the whole idea. Like, I mean, I mean, you'll get it if you do that. <laughs> you, you have to. You have to pre-order it. You could even you could probably go on Amazon right now and order it. Maybe. Uh, no, no, LCS pre-order it. <laughs> Well, yeah, I'm always pro LCS. I'm just saying, like, if you don't have one near you or something to that effect. Um, okay, that's yeah, fair. That, that's the thing that. Well, cause I'm. I have a. It's an embarrassment of riches where we're at. I think we've got like seven shops. Yeah. That I could go to easily if I wanted to. Um, but I know that that's not always the case uh, for people. So you know, I'm always. I think, however, you're gonna buy comics, buy them. You know what I mean? Like. All of it's good for us. All of it's good for the right. industry. All of it, you know, it stinks, you know, like if you choose to get it from Amazon over LCS, but, you know, like however you get the comics, like comics coming out and people liking them is good for everyone. Yeah. I agree. Even if you buy them digitally, like my wife wants me to buy everything digitally now to cut back on the clutter and I got no beef with that. It's like Star Trek up in here, son. That's how we roll. <laughs> That's how we roll. So you're doing that. And then um, what else is on the horizon, my man? Uh, well, I just I also just finished before C2E2 a uh, project called You Get What You Need, uh, which is like a, a short sort of horror crime thing, uh, kind of like, well, very surreal, um, hard to pin down, like, what the deal with it is. Um, it's, it, it's, but, it's eerie. Like, I, ju- I just, I read it when you sent it to me a couple weeks ago, and I just read it right before the internet, and it's eerie. It's, it's very, it's very odd. It is odd, um, yeah. It's going to keep me up at night, Brian. Well, good. That's kind of the objective. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad you got the noise proper too. Like it was a tough. That was a tough noise to get down. Um, I mean, the automatopoeia is rough in this business, bro. Yeah, well, I mean, if we, if we're going to talk about automatopoeia for a minute, I think it's the most underutilized and important. Uh, one of the most important things that gets underutilized in comic books, and it makes me crazy uh, because like there's some people. I, I would agree. It's nuts. Like when you look at look they at Marvel, they hate it. They, yeah. Well, Mark, Marvel, for example, created characters that we know them by their noise. Like we have Snicked and we have Swift and we have Vamps. Like Snick it. Yep. Yeah. We know characters by a noise. There's no reason that like we should abandon that. You know what I mean? Like that's such a beautiful thing that we get to use as a tool, and so that's something that like I'm trying to work with and think about. Um, and try to use it to, you know, do other things. You get what you need is actually a really big indicator of what's next for me. Um, so if you want to know what I'm doing, you get what you need isn't like a like a prequel or anything like that, or even a teaser. So I guess it's a teaser to a degree, but it's not like you're not going to get more of those characters. You're not going to get more of that story. But if you if you're kind of curious about what I'm doing, and anybody on here, if they want a PDF or something like that, you know, just hit me up on Twitter or something like that. I'll be glad to send you a PDF. Um, I, I have I have printed copies that are like limited to 250. There's a bunch of swag, so I will, I do sell them, um, but they're they're real limited in print. So I'm not, I, I have no issue with with sending out PDFs. But that's my next. Um, it's not called you get what you need. It's something else. I can't really discuss it yet because it's not been announced. But it's uh it's definitely something in that vein. So that's if you awesome. didn't like it, nice. then you're not gonna then, you, then you're not gonna like what I do next. If you did <laughs> like it. Then you, or, or if you're curious and just like, I don't know if I like it or not, well, then, you know, that's, then I think I, I achieved my goal. You know? So what are, you, what are you looking to do? Like anthology pieces? Do you want to be like the Rod Serling of comics here with like the Twilight Zone or something? <laughs> I'm going to be doing a lot of those in my own sort of time. But no, I, not really. I, I kind of have, like, when, when we're not around on a podcast i'll, I'll talk to you more about it <laughs> um, but it's, it's, it's going to be really difficult to pin down what it is i'm doing and it's kind of by design it's kind of nebulous i'm working with an editor that i've hired i'm a guy named kenny porter um, who's a brilliant writer uh, but kenny uh and i have been working really really tight and i've got this sort of vision for this thing and it's going to be it'll be coming out and you'll hear about it it's not like it'll be kind of coming out under the radar. If it comes out under the radar, I fucked up. I mean, I messed <laughs> up. Uh, but, you know, it should, it should be, it should be everywhere. You, you can say fucked you know. up. That's fine. Yeah, well, it should be everywhere you can buy comics, and, and it should be hopefully interesting enough to people to where they want to keep coming back for a while and trying to figure out what this thing is. Because when I read um, it, when I finished it today, I, I, it very much hits me like a Twilight Zone episode. It's got that kind of vibe to it. Yeah, I can, I can see that. Yeah, I definitely Black got... Black Mirror, Twilight Zone, creepy... 
that's exactly what people have kind of said yeah. about it. They're kind of like, it reminds them a little bit of like Twilight Zone, a little bit of old EC comics. Um, but then there's kind of like this element of uh, like, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with, um, oh geez. Uh, no, dang it. Now, now his name is Al Columbia. Like I've got a lot of Al Columbia sort of re- like uh, comparisons, which is kind of cool because, I've only ever seen Al Columbia stuff. I've never got to read, like, Tim and Francie. I bought because I didn't realize it came out. Um, but I've only ever, like, gone through and paid attention to his stuff. I've never got to read it because it's kind of hard to get a hold of. Um, and I don't know, like, I'm just trying to do something that I don't, like, I'm trying to, like, make the comics I want to read, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so leaving things up to interpretation a bit and not really giving people, like, that teleplay, like, super tightened up, like, perfectly plotted. Like, I think that shit's amazing, but I don't think that way. You know, like, I don't, I don't think in that sort of, my gears don't turn that way. They turn differently. So, um, I don't know. I won't, I won't talk about that. Too much. It's that fun, though. And, and, if you're, boring. and if you're giving it away on, on Twitter, people just holler at you and, and ask for it. You're going to give it to them, then why not? And it's interesting to hear how people work and what kind of piques their interest in comics. Like, Kevin loves fucking Westerns. I love fucking talking animals because I'm a child. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> we all have different things that work for us, you know? Yeah, well, and, and I think that's kind of the thing is I think there's, there's all kinds of people that want all kinds of things. And really, I told, I told Aaron and I've told several people that one of my primary objectives is to not feel alone in what I like. Um, because I've realized like how niche and weird the things that I enjoy are. And so to find people like John Lees or Ian Laurie um, who really kind of get it and like it, um, it, it, it gives you a certain kinship. And so it makes you want to keep making it just to even like impress your friends or maybe yeah. something like, but then, you know, when it gets broader and broader and people react kind of uh, aversely or positively or whatever, like, it, you know, it's, it's like, man, you're, you're not alone out there. Like there are people that like want to connect with you and connect with the thing that you're making. And that's, and whether they get what you intended it to be out of it, you know, like that's kind of neither here nor there. Like people are going to take whatever they want from anything, you know, like they can make things mean whatever they want. And so I might as well just let that be and let people have it and let them turn it around. Uh, Peter Greenway is a filmmaker and a painter um, that I like. And he, he was kind of talking about, uh, and I've not seen a lot of his stuff. It's real challenging stuff, but I just like what I've seen and I like what he has to say. Um, but he kind of he kind of said about like how cinema, it, it, like it, it, you can you can limit yourself by just sticking sticking to just straight story. Like if you're just worried about narrative, 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 you can kind of limit what the thing can do. And so he kind of feels like things should be like pieces of art should be infinitely doable. Um, and and I and I that's what I'm trying to do with comics in a lot of the ways. It's trying like how can I keep people pulling different things out of this thing without giving them satisfying answers. Uh, to what this or that is. And so hopefully it works, you know, and people do get something out of it and then can get something different or whatever. I dig it. I love the fact that, like, you can draw Thor getting beer spilled on him for Marvel and everybody's happy and then you can go out and do something like this and everybody digs it. Like, it's just, you are an interesting dichotomy because as you said earlier, you kind of wade in the indie pool and you can wade in the big two pool and you've kind of found balance there somehow, which is very, that's got to be very satisfying. Yeah, I think so. I, well, you say like I can draw Thor spitting, getting beer spit on him and everybody's happy. I don't know if they're happy, you know? No, but I'm saying like the audience responds to it. Like the audience can respond to something like that. And then you can draw something, you can do something like this and the audience responds to it in a positive way. That's a good feeling. That's got to be a good feeling. Yeah, it's definitely nice when people like your stuff. Like, there's no, I, I mean, I'm kind of like just trained habitually to if somebody says they like something I do, I just kind of roll my eyes, like, well, okay, whatever. You know, <laughs> like, I, I have a hard time believing it because I'm so rarely satisfied with anything that I make. Um, and, and so, like, I'm, I'm trying to get better at taking the compliment because I'm going to kind of have to. I got to get better at taking the punches and the, and the pluses because, you know, I'm going to be doing these things. And, you know, the response is going to be different because it's not like, oh, Peter David is awesome and your art's pretty cool. Like, like I really liked it. That, that's one thing. When you kind of do this, this sort of thing from the ground up, uh, then it's like all falls on you, you know, and <laughs> like, it's just a massive failure 
and I don't get it or it's stupid or it's pretentious or whatever, like, like that lands on me. Um, so I got to learn how to take those punches. And then when people really like it, I've also got to learn to go like, okay, I'm glad like you found something and I'm happy about that and learn to take some pride, like a little bit of pride in it. It's difficult. You know, it, it is it's kind of it's yeah. confrontational to myself. Now you also did some writing for the if anthology and, uh, that was drawn by, uh, K.R. Whalen, right? The, but the, yeah, yeah. the story you did for the F anthology? Yeah, I didn't actually... So, so was it difficult? Go ahead. No, was, was it difficult transitioning from, from your, your, your brain, from artist brain to writer brain? Was that a difficult thing, or did you have a hand in the writing as well? Well, I, I kind of... In the, in the art as well. With Chaz. Um, uh-huh. And Chaz wrote... Okay the actual scripts for that and then like so we kind of put the i had the idea i think at waffle house one night with him which i'm a legendary waffle house you are (laughs) Uh, but then chaz wrote it and we kind of went back and forth on the script and i kind of played editor after i did like some story stuff but chaz wrote that whole script and kareem of course is a is an awesome that guy's a beast he's awesome and he's just a good dude yeah he's an amazing guy i love i love kareem to death um, but as far as switching brains, it's like really easy. Like, like I, okay. I enjoy, I enjoy the process of writing. So it just naturally, I switch it really easily. Um, I don't know if it, you know, if it's nearly as effective when I switch, you know, to one to the other, I have no idea, but I enjoy the process like a whole lot. So, um, it's not a difficult thing. It's kind of a reward, you know? Mm, okay. That makes sense. And it's going to be fun to write with someone who has the ability, an artist, to write because I like Ryan Ferrier says that you make him a better comic book writer because of the input that you are kind of able to give. So that's got to be a nice give and take. Talk about how you collaborate with someone outside of the big two. How does that work? Um, well, I'm, I'm kind of heavy handed um, for better or worse. Uh, like, like today when I did the pencils on that script for John, he gave me a, it was a four panel page. And by the time I was finished with it, it was a, let me see, one, two, three, four, plus, it was a 10 panel page by the time I was done. Oh my, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, you know, but like, it's, it's not like I'm just adding panels, like I'm doing like page design and trying to do kind of some uh, unusual stuff, I guess, on the page to kind of make it more interesting to look at. Um, so with, with people like in the indies, like, when I don't, even, hell, even Peter David's script, I'm adding panels here and there and all over the place, like, whenever I feel like it needs an extra beat. Um, some of my good friends, like, are, like, if you're familiar with Daniel Warren Johnson, mm-hmm. like, Daniel's a freak. Like, yeah. he's so good, it's disgusting. Um, he's just phenomenal. But if you look at guy's panel count, like, every panel matters. There's nothing excessive, but you'll have 10, 11, 12 panel pages. Um, or guys like Riley Rosmo, who are brilliant page designers, and there's a slew of extra little blip panels here and there, like little detail things. And, it, and it's, you know, like, that's kind of common, I think. Like, when people get more into page design and more into, like, m- like micro storytelling beats and stuff, like, you just tend to end up with more panels. So I found that my strengths tend to lie um, in the small moments. Um, like when you, well, when you read, you get what you need. I think that the whole crescendo of that third page where he's like having trouble in the street uh, with his wife, like that whole page, like almost accelerates in pace and it wouldn't have worked if it wouldn't have had all those panels. You know? mm-hmm. um, and, and so like, that's kind of the, cause that signifies that more time. Yeah. Right. And cause it signifies more time. So, sometimes like sometimes if you put them in weird order it kind of jumbles up time and makes it more confusing but like sometimes i like confusion uh like if you can you can do a lot by making the reader confused i know that, that might be an unpopular opinion and that clarity is everything but i think rules are bullshit like like i just think that they, they exist to put handcuffs on people uh so i i'm totally fine with whatever people want to do if it makes an effective story but back to working with ryan uh ryan is ryan and i are pretty much like total like brothers in comic making like we we co-write things together that i'm not drawing when i'm drawing something with him that that he's writing like it's very collaborative um and i think that we kind of have this understanding where his strengths are one place my strengths are another 
and there's some things that he's so much stronger at than I am, but there's other things that maybe he doesn't see that I see, and so we fill in the blanks really well together um, because there's an implicit trust in what each other's doing. Uh, and, and that's pretty rare for me. It's not because I don't trust other people. It's just I've, like Ryan's the first, outside of my friend Nick Jajic, uh, like Ryan's the person I've been working with the longest in comics. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we just have a very a very brotherly relationship with one another. Well, you guys did the Brothers James together, and then have you guys worked on anything else outside of that that's going to be coming out soon or anything like that? Because, I mean, you guys no. do kind of have an affinity for each other, and you guys do seem to work well together, but it's just, it's, is the timing not right there? Uh, well, we have a thing that was kind of, like, we, we had a thing that fell apart. Uh, well, that's not accurate. We had, a, we had a thing going, and it seemed like a really great thing, and it was a really great thing. Um, but we, on this particular thing that we were doing together, were being very, very, uh, we were being creatively obstinate. I'll just put it that way. Okay. Uh, and, and it wasn't gelling with what the publisher was envisioning. Okay. And so we decided, Ryan and I decided to pull the plug on the project huh. um, because it wasn't, it wasn't going to be what we wanted it to be. And so now it seems that there's another publisher very interested in it and we're kind of waiting on what's going to go on there. But, you know, if it's the same sort of thing, obviously we'll react the same way. Not, not out of any ill will or anything like that. Like it was very understood, like this isn't a personal thing. Like we just have a vision for this project. Um, and so there is something right now that's kind of making its way around, and it does seem, I'm not going to say it has a home, because it doesn't, but we are talking with uh, people, and we'll see how that goes. That's awesome. And, and if you don't know Ryan Ferry, you can pick up some of his stuff. Uh, he's done Dave. Uh, he writes a lot of, like, um, he's doing some WWE books now. He's working on Pork Chop, um, with, with Tony. Robot Killer with Tony. So, yeah, so Ryan's out there. He's got a lot of great stuff out there, man. So you he's should definitely. Planet of the Apes. And, yeah. and, and I will say, uh, if you're going to read anything from Ryan, and if you have any interest in the weird shit that I'm talking about with, like, you know, you get what you need and, like, like some of these like more abstract things that are kind of a little bit challenging and kind of shake up what comics can do. I would highly recommend Ryan's book, Kennel Block Blues. From yeah, Vince it's like Field. a musical. He wrote a musical. Right. It's insane. It's completely crazy. It's beautiful. Um, I can't remember the artist's name. I've only seen him draw that. And he's so staggeringly good. It made me furious. Um, like his layouts were brilliant. Just the execution and bouncing <clears> between like the sort of old cartooning to like the current, like more, it's pretty much Oz, uh, Oz the musical. With like, it was just no, <laughs> like jangle, with dogs, and male shit, yeah. uh, with with music numbers. Yeah, that's it's awesome. Really, yeah, that's uh, really great. So I would like, I think that's his like, thus far, that's the greatest thing he's ever achieved in my opinion. It was such a tremendous uh, creative success for me um, that I wish that everything he did was that ludicrous. That's awesome. But that's what we're kind of pushing. Like when we're together, like that's kind of where we're pushing is like what like what fucking thing are we going to do that's going to be weird as hell? <laughs> but not for the sake of being weird, but it's just like kind of turning inward and mining that weirdness that's like naturally in us that we don't see a lot of in common. Mm-hmm. Well, it's hard because like Kevin and I are working on something that's a little bit odd. And it's just like, as you're trying to pitch the thing and you're trying to go, where is this going to land? Who would want this? And you kind of go through the list and you kind of find that, I don't know if anybody would, any publisher would really be into this. So it might be something that you have to do on your own to get it out there just to tell the story that you want to tell. Right. You and know? like, honestly, if, if, if it's truly great and nobody wants it, fuck them. You know, like yeah. there's no, there's no reason to give a shit what anybody, like <laughs> asking permission in comics is such bullshit. Yeah. Like that's not saying to take for granted the opportunities that you have because they're great. Like, like getting an opportunity and someone taking a shot on you is amazing. Like, there's nothing that feels more validating. There's nothing more, like, value increasing in your heart. But when you spend your whole entire career asking permission to do the thing that you want to do, you'll find that you consistently compromise what you can do best for what you think everyone else wants. And that's just not healthy. I agree for you. Because eventually you're you're not going to be getting that permission, so you're going to be like, okay, what do they want? What do they want? What do they want? And and I think it's really really important to realize that they, like, they don't, sometimes they don't know what they want because they haven't figured out what the market wants because they're running a business. Yeah. They have no reason, they have no reason to tell you yes. Um, Which, so, so like that's, that's important to always realize is that as soon as someone says yes, uh, a guy, there's a, there's a guy I know that works in, movies but he was like every time someone says yes they're laying their neck on the chopping block for you 
So there's a million reasons to say no. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that's kind of the same with comic books. And it's also interesting too, because like, as you were talking to do what you want to do and make the books you want to make, but it's weird because you almost need the, the stamp of approval from the industry to go out and do whatever the fuck you want to do to kind of build up your name and, and to kind of get the, the carblage, if you will, to, to be able to take real risks, if that makes sense. It's like, it's, it's kind of weird because it's, it's, it's like you need it, but you don't. Right. Well, you don't need it to make the thing, you know. But if you want anybody, but if you want a career, to have a career, so to speak, you do. Yeah. Uh, like, but but to just make the thing, you don't. And that's kind of the right. thing that I think that we we kind of get mired up with is like, what do we? Why are we making comics? Mm-hmm. Like, if we're, if we're making them to make money and to have a career in comics, like, and it's not binary. Of course, it's a scale. But if you're making them just to have a career, then yes, do the populist thing, like do the thing that you know is going to sell, work your best to get that. Or if you're making it because you need to just make art, you need to write, you need to draw, whatever it is you need to do, then don't fucking worry about getting permission and just make the thing that you want to make. Now, granted, everybody slides within that scale during different times, but it's important to recognize where you're at in that thing the whole entire time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, if you, and if you're not, you know, like, and, and you got to, I think, align your expectations with those things too, but. That's just what I think. You know what I mean? Like, I'm no, just I agree. Literally... Yeah, I don't think you're wrong. But it, but it is a tough sell, though, because the first thing you do in the industry when you're walking around Artist Alley and you meet somebody for the first time, they go, oh, what, do you, what have you done? So it's like, it's like a weird kind of... Or, it's, or it's, what are you working on? Yeah, what are you like working on? So it's like, it's, like, it's like you're gauging your position on the ladder almost. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a weird hierarchy. It is, but I don't think it, like, it doesn't generally exist. Uh, it's it's kind of like, it's like a gate. It's not real. Like, it's just like, a, like, it's not the house or whatever. I don't know how to describe what I'm trying to say. Like, that interaction is just, like, surface because we don't know what else to talk about. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, that's our common thing, you know? And yeah. so as soon as someone says that thing, we gauge them. But then the more time we spend around them, like, that all goes away. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like it, it becomes it becomes about people. And in my experience, like, I've, I've never spent my career running around trying to meet editors and throw books at editors and, and do that stuff. And it's not because I did it the right way. It's because I, like, or the wrong way. It's just, it, I never found it to be fruitful. Like, I've, I've, I watched people do that and I saw some people have success and others not. And the quality of the work seemed similar to me. So I'm like, well, what's the, like, what's the key? And at the end of the day, there really wasn't one. It was just kind of a crapshoot. Uh, and... And what I've realized is that just if I just stayed trying to be the best dude I could be and care about the people around me and try to help out my friends and, and, and spend time with, with my contemporaries uh, and, and, you know, engage with them and care about them and try to do what I can to serve my, the people that are, that are, that are creators in my peer group um, and, and in front of me and behind me, uh, that tended to serve me a lot better than worrying about editors and worrying about other things. Uh, I, I don't know if that makes any sense. It, does, it makes like, complete sense. Because the creatives are the people that kind of fuel comics. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, and that's not saying that the publishers don't, because they absolutely like, facilitate all of that. You know, they own the properties that we love. Like, they continue to put money in the pockets of people so they can continue to make these things that we love. Um, but like, the engine is, is the creatives. And so if you want to stay in the machine, you know, like, then those are the people that I think are most important to pour into. Um, that, at least that's, what, that's what's worked for me. Well, it's weird, too, because it isn't, it, you're talking about art and artists, but you're also talking about a business. And, and I've always kind of, Kevin and I have complained about this, and I'm sure you have as well, and I'm sure every writer in the whole wide world has talked about this, how writing a comic script and writing a pitch are two completely different fucking animals. Because one is completely creative and kind of your vision, and the other is basically a sales document. Sure. And somehow you have to be able to do both well and it's it's a really well, kind of yeah. it, it's a really hard it's a, it's a balancing act yeah. yeah you know it's so a tight you, it's I've, a tightrope walk i've known creators that pay people to do their pitches for them uh wow. like, because they know that they pitch like shit you know so like they have a good story and then they just pay people to pitch i've hired an editor to edit down my outline 
to where it becomes like a single page, simple, succinct thing. Like I've done that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, and there's really, cause ultimately at the end of the day, like what are you in it for? You're not in it to get real good at pitching. You're in it to make the fucking book. Yeah. So like, like I agree with you. It's like, you're absolutely trying to pull the, it's this meets this. Like, doesn't that sound tight? Trust me. It's real good. <laughs> like, it's, you know, that's, that's, that's bullshit. But it's like a game that you have to play, right? Uh, but like people, the thing is though, is if an editor or a person that's that's able to take those things says to you, "Yeah, go ahead." Like the quality, like it's like a sliding scale. Like if you force yourself into someone's sphere that doesn't really want to be in your sphere, but they but you still manage to get their email, yes, you have an opening. But you better blow their fucking socks off because they yeah. never asked for it. They yeah. never asked for it at all. Now, if you are, if you know them, and they're like, "Yeah, pitch me sometime." As soon as they get your email, you're already miles ahead. Yeah. Of, you know what I mean? From people that they've never heard of, because like they understand that there's a level of quality with what you do, and that you're easy to work with, or whatever. Um, like, and so even if your pitch isn't like, and it's not fair, like on a meritocracy sort of end, but like <laughs> I know, like, like I know that if someone likes me, there's a high likelihood that they're going to hear what I have to say much more readily than if like they've never heard my voice yes you know um it's it's like that with any relationship that exists anywhere at all uh like when like i have clients in the tattoo shop that i've been tattooing for a decade and they they have good taste and they get cool shit and if they're kind of like i'm thinking like this is some of the stuff i like blah 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 blah. like here's why or like oh let's shift this around i think i'd like it better i can trust like that shit and i know it's not gonna like but then you'll have like people that you know you've never worked with and you're just kind of like eh, what the fuck do you know you know what i mean it's not fair <laughs> but you know it's like a natural thing like you yeah. don't have that relationship built and, and you don't know if they know anything and i don't know i'm just i'm just rambling now. no but i mean this is no, but this it's, is the stuff yeah this is the stuff that it's it is it just seems like this whole business is like it's like a weird yin and yang of like art and business and like relationships and kind of creativity and, 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 and making, and like you even said yourself, you're not the kind of guy that goes out and chases editors around, but it always helps if people like you. So there's like a balance that you have to kind of, kind of maintain. And, and you've done a really great job doing that. Well, I, well thanks. And, and honestly, like I attribute a lot of it down, like this is so, it's going to sound so stupid. But, like, <laughs> the fucking golden rule is real as hell. Yeah. But like, if you treat people how you want to be treated, and I don't even mean, like, from, like, a bourgeois, like, networking end, but, like, fucking believe it, too. Yeah. Like, every single person that comes to my table, I want to give them value, unless they're a shithead. Like, <laughs> but generally speaking, like, I don't, I don't like to blow people off. If you come to my table and I've never met you, I'm still going to cut up with you. I'm still going to talk shit to you. Like, I'm still going to have fun, fun with you. And I don't give a fuck who you are, yeah. like, because like you're there, and I have I have your attention, and you matter. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like you took it doesn't matter what you took the time. What you fucking at, did. Yep, you took the time out of your day to wander on over to my table. I'm gonna put on the show for you. Like here it comes. You ready? Here, here comes gonna, the stupid ballyhoo. You know? Yeah. Here comes me being nice to you. <laughs> For as long as you'll, as long as you can stand it. But I mean, that Drew and I and Kevin kind of have the same mentality with cons. It's like you're not there to sell shit. You're there to make friends for the weekend, whether it's the the customers or the or your table mate or whoever the case may be. You're just there to kind of be a good person. And if you can't manage to do that, then just stay home. Well, and, right. and honestly, like having too much strategy can be too exhausting, and yeah. it also makes like it makes it. And it's I don't know. It's almost tangible. Like when those people come up that are just like clearly like there to, uh, I don't know, like rub your back and tell you that you're doing a good job, and and then just feel, and then at the end of the conversation, I'm like, hey, check this thing out. Like it's kind of funny because like I don't like I always have to check myself because like when someone says something super nice, like I get, I hate to I'm gonna I'm gonna make a statement that's gonna sound really bad, but hopefully everybody kind of knows what I mean. Um, like this industry is built on tears. And it's who knows how many tears there are, and not tears like wham wham tears, but I mean like T I E R. A ladder tear, yes, like a ladder. Right, right. So if if built my wrong human tears, right, right. it's built on (laughs) human tears. It's built on uh, a lot of them, but like if my and a lot of them are cried by Bob. Yes, (laughs) very, I'm very sensitive. I'm very sensitive. (laughs) I think that's really offensive what you said, Kevin. I demand apology. 
Well, well, for Bob, I'm not apologizing. <laughs> Apologize to me. Here come the waterworks. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, if someone comes up to me and they would be perceivably on this sort of invisible ladder, like at a tier that's not like kind of got, you know, like there's plenty of people. I I, I fucking hate this language, like because it implies higher and lower. I guess maybe a better way would be more lateral, like. You know, like if I'm on this path and I've walked further or whatever, right? Uh-huh. And then there's somebody from behind me that comes up and is like, hey, 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 you know, da 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 da. Like, and then they, like, I always have to battle, uh, like, when they're just like, hey, can you read this? Or, hey, do you want to work on this? Blah, blah, blah. Like, I have, like, that instinctual, like, why do you want to get something on me? Why can't you just be my friend? Yeah. You know? And I have to battle that reaction because I realize, like, they still might want to be my friend. Like, I'm just being a dick. <laughs> you know, like, or I'm thinking like a dick. Yeah. And so, like, I don't ever treat them that way, but it's, like, a thing I think constantly. Like, if there's some, but if there's someone further ahead than me, like, that's one thing I always try to think about, too, is, like, if they feel that way, like, like so I always have to remember to, like, never really ask people for things unless I absolutely need something. Yeah. Um, because, like, I'm not, I'm just not fucking interested in playing that game. Like, it's too complicated. It's too gross to me. I'm not saying the people that do it are gross. I'm saying the whole idea is gross to me. No, the game it, the game itself is gross. You said it. You said, it. You said everyone who does it repulses your face. And you're yeah, just... yeah, yeah. It makes, it makes my frown turn upside down. Yeah, bro. No, it, I don't... I mean, we're ultimately talking about con politics and, like, two-faced people and, yeah. and all that shit. And, like, like everybody's fucking sins show up in the light. You know what I mean? Like, no, eventually, true. the industry is too small. Um, it's, and so I've just, you know, I'm just absolutely committed to just trying to do people right. Like, and that's it. Yeah, and, just and, be, you know what? I think the lesson of this podcast, Brian, is just be a good person. Just be genuinely nice. Yeah, like, just be nice. That's all. Like, someone asked me once why I did Follow Fridays, and I was like, because I love comics. It doesn't really have to do with who's on there. Like, I, it's not like a like a contest, which I thought was weird when somebody said, oh, I made the list. And I was like, there's a list? <laughs> I didn't even know, and I'm the one that does it. So I, I just do it because I know these people, and I've met them, and I like them. And that's they're cool. I, yeah, yeah, that's why I do it. Just be nice. I do it. Because I'm trying to kiss up or get any kind of recognition. Yeah. Like there's, there's, someone asked if like you're trying. Are you trying to kiss up and no? I don't really care. Like they don't have to follow me. Like some of the people I'm telling you to follow, they don't follow me. So it's just me saying you should follow them because they're doing cool shit. You know. So. No, you're right. And and like honestly, like there's a, like a, a thing that I hate to admit that's the absolute truth, and it true in comics it's true in every industry and it's true in the fucking world is that some people are just gonna fall through the cracks too like and that is a shitty reality uh that sucks that i wish that didn't have to exist and so on like and I, like that's a really bleak thing to say i yeah. realize that as i'm saying it but like there's some people that are really talented really kind and could do amazing things that are just not gonna get there. yeah like, and there's things that, so, like, if, if anybody's listening to this and wonders what uh, a reasonable path to break into comics is, is whatever your craft is, whether you're a writer, artist, you do all of them, you, you color, you letter, you do design, whatever part of, you edit, whatever part of comics you're in, do it every day, even if it's just a little bit, let's, let's be realistic, five days a week, fuck with it five days a week. Uh, do that. Work on yourself and how to be kinder, whether it's, you know, you set aside time in meditation or if you're religious, you pray or, like, you fucking work with the people around you and your family or your friend group to, like, let them hold you accountable to your shitty behaviors. Like, actively try to be a better person and be more mindful of how you think and how you act. So work on your craft. Be a better person. Get your ass on Twitter and interact with people that you like and meet new people and hit cons. And when I say hit cons, I don't just mean, like, like cons that are 45 minutes from you hit those too but if if you have to pick start picking bigger cons go to chicago go to new york go to emerald city because ultimately you're exposed to a lot of a lot of people that are on your tier you're exposed to people that are out of your tier and you're also exposed to people that can give you work yeah uh, and so so ultimately like if you were to, if you if you if you want Brian Levels fucking four tips that work for him and may not work for you, uh, I want this on a T-shirt. Brian Levels four fucking tips. Yeah, I would buy that T-shirt. That might not I would work buy that. For you. 
Like, how to like, level up by Brian Level. <laughs> I'm an expert. Look at my last name. <laughs> I'm going to be rich from this book, and I'm going to owe Kevin money. That yeah, would be pretty much like, that would be it. Like, work, work on yourself, work on your craft, get to big cons, and interact with people on Twitter. Yeah. And, like, like that's it. You know, like, and that's at least it, that's it for me. Like, and take all of them really seriously. Like, it's not just like a game, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, I, Aaron and I, like, we plan for my con trips, and this year I'm only doing two conventions. And based on what I just said, I'm sure you can probably guess the two conventions I'm going to do. <laughs> in Chicago, and the other one I'm going to do is New York. Um, oh, so you're not going to Heroes this year? I can't, unfortunately. I have a wedding. Ah, okay. Because oh, no. I one year you and I drove down to Heroes, and that was a fun time. That was a, that was a, I, that was six hours of fun. I, you know what? <laughs> Every time I drive down to uh, Heroes, it's it's been really good. Like Aaron and I drove one time, and it was absurdly long and kind of terrifying on the way home because it was real sleepy. But like we saw cool shit, and we had Bojangles, and it was delightful. I think you and I stopped at KFC in North Carolina, like right before the mountains. And that what weird problem. That weird ra- there was that weird roundabout that we had to go through. We didn't know where the fuck we were, and we ended up in KFC. It was wonderful. Yeah, that's not a bad place to end up in North Carolina. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I feel like still Bojangles is going to be a better spot. Well, you know, Bojangles are going to be harder to find though on twenty six and fucking you know seventy five and kind of weird spots like that. You know, nah, son, pop on, inter- on Interstate forty, bro. When you're driving through those stupid Great Smoky Mountains, fucking, I hey, hate those things so brother. much. They're majestic and beautiful. Yeah, but you know what, though? Every time I drive through those fucking things, it's snowing. No matter what time of year it is, I don't know how it's possible, but it's bullshit. It's going to kill me. <laughs> I'm going to be like the fucking Richie Valens of comics, the guy who never quite made it but fucking died tragically, and they made an awesome movie about him. Well, That's my goal. At least, at least your well, kids that, will be rich. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the tears then will be mine. I will, yes. I will be the holder of the tears. I will Kevin, Kevin will run down the hill, fucking scream, Bob! And then oh, no! <laughs> if you haven't seen La Bamba, kids, do yourself a favor and watch La Bamba because it's fucking amazing. It is great. It's been maybe 15 years since I've seen it. Though. Do yourself a favor. See if it's streaming anywhere and just watch La Bamba for La Bamba's brother. I know his name is not La Bamba. <laughs> for all intents and purposes of this conversation, we will call him La Bamba. La Bamba Richie Valens. La Bamba's name. brother, name, whose name is Bob, is the fucking scene stealer of that film. He's wonderful. His name would be Bob Valens. His name is Bob. That's his name. His name's Bob, and he well, gets, well, just gets drunk all the time. And he's very stereotypical Mexican, but it's fucking amazing. I tell you what, uh, as far as like uh, music movies, I rewatched Eddie and the Cruisers. Oh, the, oh wow. <laughs> Michael Paré. Oh, you went that's with the Michael Paré train. That's oh, a yeah. great film. <laughs> I, I feel like it's a bad movie, but it's like a good movie to watch. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, <laughs> I had mixed feelings about it. Cause I'm like, this thing is not making sense. Like, why in the fuck are they singing music from like the like an era that's like 10 to 15 years past where this movie takes place? Yeah, so yeah, this is yeah. very strange. When I was a dumb kid, and I didn't know any better. I thought that like Bruce Springsteen was Eddie and the Cruisers. Like they were the same guy in my brain when I was like six. <laughs> like I was like this fucking like, Eddie and the Cruisers. You're like, this goes for Ohio. Dude, I mean, they're very similar. I mean, think about it. You got, you know, Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band. You got Eddie and the Cruisers. Hardworking dudes from like fucking Jersey and shit. I mean, it's. Courtney Cox dancing on stage with you. Yeah, I got it. There are parallels there, man. I got it. On the fucking dark side. Favorite Springsteen song. Sorry, you know what? I, I forgot how much that song, like, I, I felt like when I was watching that movie, I was like, how did I learn all the words to this? I don't know if that was the movie. <laughs> oh, man. Next time we hang out, we're going to watch the second one because I think they made a sequel, which doesn't they make did. any sense. They they did. Did. Yes. Because he died in the first one, but not in the second one. Yeah. <laughs> no, dude, they made, dude, well, because at the very, very Spoiler end of the first alert. one, he said, 
he faked his he faked his death. Remember, like he's looking at all the TVs yeah. and shit. That's right. So, well, dude, they made a fucking sequel to Chinatown. They did the two, two, the two Jakes, directed two by Jake. Jack Nicholson. I've never seen it because I, 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 I can't bother. Like I don't know why. And dude, that makes me want to die. But I'm like kind of like <laughs> curious. <laughs> Well, I mean, if you, if you want to know something weird, I watched Highlander recently, and it doesn't hold up. The first one? Do it do doesn't it. hold up, man. We're going to fight. Uh, we can. We with swords. Fight. We have to have swords. <laughs> <laughs> there can be only one, Bob. There can be only one word, bro. We're going to fight with fucking swords on a stormy night somewhere in Charlotte, North Carolina, you and I, on rooftops. In the rain, with <laughs> lightning behind us. <laughs> It's gonna be quite a show for the Western for the Western bar. I think, I think Kevin's changing his mind right now as he's thinking about all this. About fighting the swords? No, I think yeah, I would be changing his mind the about swords. the movie not yeah, holding up. He's like, oh, no, 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 it, it doesn't hold up. It Clancy doesn't. Brown is amazing in that movie. No, no, he's what he's what keeps the movie together. Him and, and Connery keep the movie together. Without those two characters, the movie wouldn't work at all. But it doesn't really hold up. Like, I was watching and I was like, oh, this all seems so old. It's so weird. Who wants to live forever, Kevin? That's my question, dude. (laughs) Freddie Mercury did, but he didn't achieve the goal. Who wants to live forever? Well, Brian, thank you for coming on, man. I really appreciate it. And uh, hopefully I'll see you sooner than later. Yeah, I mean, I... uh, I appreciate it, too. Well, I appreciate it. I appreciate talking to you too, Kevin. It's been a, uh, it's been nice. Thank I appreciate you guys having me on. Hope I didn't get too, uh, too spicy about anything. I, no, I always it get was a little great. fired up. I get fired up about. So I guess like the last thing maybe I would say is that I get real fired up about making shit, and like there's nothing more like madness-inducing to me than the idea that you can't make it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like. And, like, I understand, like, if you can't draw, like, making comics, like, there's definitely a barrier, like, a pretty big barrier, um, if you want to get, you know, like, a good artist and all that stuff and, and paying them to do it or finding someone that is willing to work collaboratively. Um, but, I, you know, with, with we have a lot of options between Kickstarter and all that stuff now. Um, but I don't know, like, I, so I don't want to come off like I'm dogging anybody that doesn't, you know, ha- like, hasn't made the comics they want to make or something like that. Like, that's not at all what I'm trying to say, like, it's not like that. Make your own comments, you fucking crybaby. Like it's not. That. <laughs> I, I demand you apologize to Bob. <laughs> You're like fucking. I feel like I kind of did a good Bob impression by accident just now. <laughs> and that's, and that's not the intention. That's, I guess, maybe not the intention of what I'm trying to say as much as just like waiting for permission for a publisher to like see, like see what you see in your project. Yes isn't you know isn't i think the path like like that's not the path i I don't think you know like obviously like i said there's barriers and shit and definitely publishing is one of them but i think we have less and less less every you know as every year goes by media is very inclusive nowadays if you want to if you want people to hear your voice about opinion start a fucking podcast put it on apple people will find it if you want to make content if you want to make videos and movies buy yourself a fucking camera Find some actors, make your movie, put it on YouTube. If you want to make comics, make fucking comics. And I'll, uh, yeah, even if you draw like shit, like, look at how many people draw like shit and have amazingly popular web comics, you know? Like, yeah. they draw like total shit. But it's like... <laughs> <laughs> right, I think, I think you're leading the parade on that one a little too hard, bro. Let's, let's dial that back. <laughs> no, I'm trying to say, like, it's total dog shit. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, and they win awards for having absolutely hilarious comics yeah. that are, I mean, I, I, like the oatmeal looks like dog shit is what I'm saying, uh, <laughs> but it's hilarious <laughs> and it's excellent for what it's like, what it's trying to do. It succeeds that immensely. So if you can't draw, look at the oatmeal and be like, oh shit, I can draw. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I hear you. Like, just like, if you, if you have something to do, like, it, like, I don't know, like, if, if you have, like, if you have something that you want to do, find a, like, try your best to find a way to do it. And if you can't do it yourself, like, find an avenue outside of, you know, like, publishing or whatever, like, whether it's Kickstarter or GoFundMe or, Bill, you know, whatever the, or Patreon, um, for, for whatever, like, there's, there's a lot of things. And if you can't do it, that sucks. 
Um, but if you but if you make a podcast and you start building an audience and and people start chipping in five bucks here and there, and you need some asshole to get on there to make fun of bad drawings at the end of the podcast, <laughs> uh, I'll pop in there and talk some shit. Don't worry about it, Brad. I'm, I'm going to cut all this stuff out for your the sake of your career, anyway. So don't worry about it. You're good. I'm not worried about it. I'm just kidding. Okay. All that shit's staying. All of it. Look, I'm not saying that. In, in, in fairness, I'm not saying that oatmeal's bad. I'm saying I'm it's excellent. Just, it's just, I know, Brian. It's just I was kidding with you, buddy. It's just jokes here, friend. Just jokes. I know, but you're just now. I'm painted as a villain, and I feel disgusted in my heart. <laughs> <laughs> but yet you sell. You say it so eloquently, so it's totally worth it. I'm painted as a villain, and I'm disgusted. <laughs> I, I, I love that. That's a good line. Like you actually, like you actually used very writerly terms yes, about how, how is, your yeah. villainess was coming through if on the you podcast. Put a fucking Doctor Doom mask on you. You're gold. <laughs> <laughs> Brian Level is the one who causes tears in comics. That's, that's the shirt that needs to be. Paid. I just don't want now. Now I'm just like, oh man, all these oatmeal fans are gonna think that I think they suck or something like that, and they're just gonna attack me on Twitter. I'm gonna get buried. All right, I'm saying this i'm gonna get a text within like an hour going please cut that out for me if you don't mind no no I'm just gonna, can you blink out my mouth when i say oatmeal yeah dude I'm almost, you know what do me a favor stop fucking saying it so i don't have to believe everything like, what cuss word comic book is this guy reading <laughs> oh, i read no. some book called pussy or something <laughs> Brian, it's always a pleasure, sir. Uh, good luck to you. I hope we get to see more of uh, more of your creepy, eerie. What is, what is it called again? If I want to get that, how can I get that? Uh, well, just hit me up on Twitter at Brian underscore Level because I'm an idiot and I didn't and I put an underscore in my shit. Hey, um, I, I have one too. I'm also an idiot. We're on the same sorry, train. Man. Sorry about. I'm sorry about us. Yeah, I am too. <laughs> But no, you can look up. I mean, you can hit me up on Twitter. Uh, it's it's my pinned tweet right now. That'll probably be pinned there for a while. Okay. Um, but it's called you. It's called you get what you need. Okay, that's what um, it was. Actually, I didn't want to. There's also a Twitter, like kind of a creepy Twitter account that's linked to what's going on there. Um, that's at Dream Street Real. Okay. Uh, on Twitter as well. <laughs> uh, so it's a little bit it's full of loaded with cryptic shit. Uh, so if you want to follow that and hit me up on. Uh, I can I can send the link to you to get what you need to whoever wants to read it. Um, and uh, yeah, like pretty soon it'll still it's still available. I haven't sold you all 250 copies either. So like once it's, once it's but it's it's got cool shit in it. So like even if you have the PDF, like there's like three stickers and some pins and a temporary tattoo like in the package. I so do, hit like, Brian up. You sold me with a temporary tattoo. You sold me with <laughs> a pin. You said <laughs> pin, and I was like, oh, enamel pins. I'm in. Because yeah, I don't. I actually put the kitchen sink in the envelope. Ah. <laughs> very fun very fun well brian it's always a pleasure buddy i'll talk to you soon all right buddy you guys have a good night yeah man you too man and that was brian level nice dude it was a, it was a good chat on leveling up Brian, uh, he's always fun to drive two shows with. We've driven to uh, Huntington, West Virginia, which is three hours, uh, and Charlotte, which is about seven. It's always good to have him around because he's got a lot of opinions on things. He's got a lot to say. It's Brian's a, Brian's a good, uh, a good wheel man. He's a good guy to have in the car. That's awesome because like you, you guys apparently have all the road trip stories going on about about all the road trips you have taken together so. yeah i mean well we've only driven to um to tricon once well i mean even around months. cincinnati even yeah well we've brian and i have probably only hung out outside of his friends giving thing three or four times okay yeah because like i met him um i met him through sheila sheila was like hey you should meet my friend so then we met at the mall at like the little kid play area because we both had little kids at the time like so if he was like three so they did that for a stretch and then he invited me over to his house for a barbecue for the first cincy comic con um and then just random here's and there's like not too often i probably see you more than i see level and we live 20 minutes away but like i said when you got kids and family and comics and it's hard you know it's hard it is hard yeah but we got a lot of good stuff coming up man speaking of of hard mm, 
that, that's not a good segue at all. We've got no. uh, Dave and Scooter coming back. They'll be back next week. To promote so, their graphic novel yes. for, for Wrapped Up. Yeah, that's cool. And then who else do we have on coming up soon, Kev? Jamie Jones, artist yeah. Jamie Jones, who, who has done uh, Five Ghosts with Frank Barbieri for Image. So yeah. uh, we're all, uh, Bobby and I are very stoked to talk to Jamie because his art is great if you have not seen it before. And he loves wearing bow ties. He is. His, his, his hashtag is bow tie guy. Yeah, he, he wears bow ties. I wear fucking ascots. You guys, you guys are like the two fanciest dudes in comics. Yeah, we got a table next to each other or something, so we could just fucking be like be super are, fancy together. Who are these foreign gentlemen over here <laughs> with their luxurious neckwear? Well, <laughs> it's 90 degrees out. How come he has a bow tie on and he has an ascot? Because they are fancy. Hey. They know. They know from me are comics, sir. Classy has no temperature, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> so, so stay tuned for that. We got a lot of cool shit coming up. So thank you guys for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you, and make sure you follow us at word underscore bros on Twitter. You're listening to the Word Bros Podcast, thewordbros.com. <laughs>